Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the second hour of the program, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, before I switch gears and go off to Virginia, Michael's been waiting patiently. I do actually want to start this hour with his phone call. And we're going to move on. Well, I'll keep you up to date with the voting and the play-by-play, what happens in the House. But there is other news other than this vote in the House of Representatives, though I realize all eyes are there. Interesting tidbit a buddy of mine just said. Um, There's a digital House directory. When you go into the uh, Congressional Visitor Center to direct you of where to go, there's a list of the members of the House. It is blank right now. There are no members of the U.S. House of Representatives. None of them have been sworn in. They're all technically now member-elect. All right, uh, Michael, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Uh, hi, thank you very much. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm going to respectfully disagree with the fact that it's not important, only because, uh, and I asked the question of the call screener, isn't the Speaker of the House second after the Vice President if something happens to the President, which that particular post is vacant now so who, who would be there <laughs> yeah <laughs> would be the so, next in line? uh patty murray is now the the senate democratic president pro tim so she is now second in line after the vice president yes uh so the oh, republicans right. <laughs> when they fill the position will get there um i i gotta i gotta and, tell you in all honesty i i i think that succession rule is stupid but uh, that that's neither here nor there. You you are right though. It's, if there's no Speaker of the House, uh, that position will be skipped over the presidential succession. And and I, I think um, I didn't lose any sleep over it, but um, I think that the Republicans will lose sleep over it because um, some of the I think it was your commentary or, or other analysis that I heard. <clears throat> supposedly part of the reason was Trump backed candidates, but another part of the reason was they didn't. They, being the voters, didn't think that the Republicans could govern very well, and this certainly shows that they can't even get together, and they've had months to do this on, on one particular issue. McCarthy can't negotiate. How's he going to negotiate anything with the Democrats across the aisle? I think yes. It, 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 it's not embarrassing country-wise. I mean, it's embarrassing to the Republican Party, and I think it's going to come back to, to Biden. Kevin McCarthy. Um, they, listen, Michael, I appreciate the phone call. It should be embarrassing to McCarthy. He's had all of this time. He's had two months, two months to get his votes in order and hasn't been able to do it. And this is kind of the thing that I, you need to understand he does is he waits until the last possible moment, lets a crisis fester, and then decides, all right, now we're going to move and we're going to force our way because otherwise there's going to be a crisis. And these guys are like, oh, we don't care. And good for them. Good for them. Now, we got to talk about what's happening in Virginia. Back in 2000, what, 2021, Glenn Youngkin got elected governor of Virginia. Virginia, the Virginia Constitution going back to before the uh, founding of the Republic, has a one-term governor. You can come back and run again, but you got to sit it out a term. So Youngkin's got one term, and Youngkin got elected not just because of dissatisfaction with the Democrats and Joe Biden. He got elected in large part because parents are furious at school boards in Virginia because of how they handled COVID. If you're not in Virginia, you probably don't appreciate this, that uh, there were some school boards that actually attacked parents, criticized parents, and admonished parents 
for, of all things, hiring tutors for their children during lockdown. In Northern Virginia, an area that's gotten pretty progressive, they, the school boards criticized parents for hiring, like pooling their resources and hiring tutors for the kids because they would be disadvantaging other children. In other words, their kids would get ahead and the other kids whose parents couldn't afford tutors couldn't, and so that was bad. They wanted all the kids to fail. In another situation, a school board, which is now the guy's been indicted, uh, school board, uh, the superintendent covered up a uh, young lady who was sexually assaulted by a transgender student, uh, was not truthful with the school board, uh, called the cops on the parent who confronted the school board at a meeting, had the parent dragged away by the police. That's been investigated. The school boards have run amok. And now there's a problem with the Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. And Governor Glenn Youngkin and Attorney General Jason Mayeris are holding an investigation. It is a very prestigious high school in Virginia. Azra Namani, according to the Daily Caller Foundation, is a uh, parental rights and education activist. Administrators at Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology had been failing to notify students, mostly Asian students, that they had received the National Merit Scholarship Commendation, an honor used for college applications and to obtain scholarships in order to not hurt the feelings of students who did not get the award. The governor asked the attorney general to open an investigation into the high school. Parents are calling for the administration of the school to be fired. A coalition of parents met with Fairfax County Public School Superintendent Michelle Reed on December 30th to push for the resignation of the school's principal and the director of student services. The parents from the school protested that handling of the awards and the damages their children suffered because of the administration's reckless indifference. The parents are demanding that the affected students and their respective colleges be notified of the withholding of the award. So 7,250 students are named finalists out of 1.5 million students who apply for the National Merit Award. Several students at the school were given the award. And the school system didn't want to hurt the feelings of other students. And so they didn't tell them. The extent that withholding of any of these awards at Thomas Jefferson High School is based on race, national origin, or any other protected status right under the Virginia Human Rights Act that is unlawful. That's why I'm announcing my Office of Civil Rights is opening an investigation, says the Attorney General. The school's new admissions procedures got rid of standardized testing requirements and other minimum requirements for applying. Some Asian-American parents in Fairfax County, Virginia, that's Northern Virginia, say it discriminates against their children. Parents protested the unfair admissions policy. Now the attorney general is investigating. This is, this is the infuriating thing here is that so many of these people in these academic positions are more worried about kids' feelings and the kids who are not academically gifted instead of elevating the kids who are. People are stupid. Let's just be honest, people collectively are stupid. There can be bright individuals, but people overall are stupid. And in academia, we are increasingly seeing a bunch of stupid woke people 
in charge, and they're more worried about feelings and emotion than the gifted kids. I, I'm sorry. I think it is malpractice to not push the bright kid forward. I was listening to all things. I got in my wife's car the other day. I had to jump off her battery. Um, so I got in her car to jump her off. Um, she hadn't used her car in a couple weeks. The battery was dead. I was riding the car around, just, just circling after jumping off the battery. And, and my wife likes to listen to Dr. Laura. Lady called in and said she's very frustrated that her sixth grader is refusing to do homework and wanted Dr. Laura's advice. Well, you know, if, if Dr. Laura gives you advice, you're you're going to be on the receiving end of, of a sharp lecture from Dr. Laura, usually some, some tough love towards you. And Dr. Laura says, why isn't your son doing his homework? And the mom said, well, he, he gets bored with it. Dr. Laura said, well, what are his grades? So he's got A's in everything. And she said, so your, your son has A's in everything and he doesn't want to do the homework. And the mom says, yeah, he doesn't want to do the homework. And he's not doing the homework and that's, that's, he's, he's not getting points because they're deducting points. And Dr. Laura says, so they're deducting points because he's not doing the homework and he still has an A in every class. And the mom says, yes. And Dr. Laura says, well, what's the problem? He's getting A's in everything and he's bored by the homework. He's losing points. And so he's got a 95 instead of a 100 in the class. And you're upset that your son has an A in the class. And the mom says, well, they want him to do his homework. And Dr. Laura says, maybe he's bored. He says he's bored. Why don't you find him a more academically challenging environment? Why don't you get him out of that school that says homework is required or else and put him in a school where if he has an A, he has an A. Find him a school to go to. And I was like, well, I don't want to send him to public school. He's in a good private school. So, well, if it's a good private school, they're probably willing to work with you. If he has an A and he's not doing the homework, they're probably willing to make arrangements. But he's probably bored. He probably needs to be challenged. He's probably not being challenged. And I'm thinking, yes, 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 yes. I went through this. So I grew up going to a really, really good school. At the time, it was one of the top schools in the world the Jumeirah American School in Dubai. It was an American school funded by uh, oil companies. My dad worked in Dubai for an oil company. And there were kids from all over the world. I went to school with kids from China, from Pakistan, from Singapore, from Sri Lanka, to Sweden, to the UK, to France, to Canada, to the US, to Argentina. You name it, we had kids from pretty much every country on the planet. You had kids from like like Warsaw Pact, Country from behind the Iron Curtain, a couple of them, not many. And it was really challenging. And I was a B student. I got A's in most classes, but I was a B student. And it, it I, I had to put in the work. I had to put in the work. And then I got back to the United States. We had to move home during the Gulf War. Got back. And I was bored out of my mind in school, in large part because I had already had all the classes. I mean, I had had the... Uh, I had had the chemistry class. I had had the physics class. I had had the French class. I had had all, all the biology class. And I thankfully, I had a couple of really good teachers who recognized how bored I was. One of the teachers gave me the teacher's book for the geometry class I was in and said, go teach yourself how to do geometry. 
and I was done, taught myself geometry, actually won a statewide award in public schools, the only time that school had ever won a, a first place in a math challenge it was in geometry. And so that was like three quarters of the way school, for the school. And so then she's like, all right, here's the trigonometry book. Start teaching yourself. And then my chemistry and my biology teachers, they're like, look, you're going to get an A on the test. Don't take the test. We'll give you an A. You go get the dog, or the dog, the frog dissected, get it, get it ready for the class or get the experiment lined up. And they gave me other things. And, and I, I finally worked my way into the gifted program. The head of it hated me, did not want me in there, super liberal. Um, but they finally decided to put me into the program and it was actually challenging. I looked forward to going to class and the different things we had to do and the gifted program. It, it was deeply challenging compared to the run of the mill programs. And they were pulling me to school. Y'all, I literally taught French in my school. Like I was in 11th and 12th grade teaching French to the other kids because the French teacher stopped showing up for reasons that I'll never understand. But I was encouraged. And nowadays in too many of these places, they don't want to encourage smarter kids to to push. They're worried about the kids who aren't, and they don't want to hurt their feelings. And so in Virginia, in the Fairfax County Public School Systems, they're not giving kids awards because they want to hurt the feelings of the kids who didn't get the awards. That's exactly what you need to do. And maybe some of those kids with the hurt feelings who aren't doing well will decide, you know what, I'm going to do better so I can get the award as well. Some of them never will. And you shouldn't be punishing the kids who can do because there are so many kids who can't do. You, there's never going to be equality in this country. In academia, in, in smarts, in IQ, there, there's never going to be. We're all created equal. The problem with the left these days is they think we're guaranteed equal outcomes. No. Out of the womb, we're equal. From there, some of you will succeed and some of you will fail at life. And those who have failed at life should not be coddled and patted on the head and told everything's going to be okay when, by and large, many times, they made their own bad choices. When you're a kid, it's not you. Well, when you get into high school, yeah, it is. But we shouldn't be holding back the smart kids. We shouldn't be holding back the overachievers. We should be pushing them forward because they're going to be the future employers in the world, the future bosses in the world, the future creators in the world, the future uh, ideas, machines in the world. And yet in some woke school systems, that's exactly what they're doing. And it ruins all of our future Ruins all of us collectively, our futures, because these school systems are ruining the kids who have the opportunity to excel. The weather outside might be frightful, but in your bed, you've got super soft bowl and branch sheets to sleep under. They'll keep you comfortable. They're just the perfect weight. Summer, winter, fall, spring, the perfect weight, and they get softer every wash. And right now, with the weather so cold outside, you want to just be snuggled up inside. They're the perfect sheets under which you and your loved one can snuggle. And right now, you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC at BowlinBranch.com. That's BowlinBranch, B-O-L-L. Andbranch.com. The promo code is Eric, E R I C K. Bullet Branch sheets are the perfect 100% organic cotton threads that get softer every wash. Not only do they get softer every wash, but they the drape across your body is just perfect. I really enjoy mine. We've got them now on multiple beds in the house. We've just kept buying them because they're so soft. And every wash, they get softer. And right now, get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com, the promo code ERIC. Hello 
there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you'd like to be on the program. More than happy to have you. Let's go back to the phones. I want to go to Floyd. Welcome to the show, Floyd. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Eric? I'm good. Good. Hey, you know, I was watching the fourth vote this morning, and it occurred to me that I put aside the merits of whether McCarthy is a good speaker or not, but if the Democrats wanted to get about the business of government for the people of this country, you know, I think they would maybe throw a few votes that way so they could all start to get down to business. But, and, and who knows, uh, the holdouts might even find themselves working with the Democrats as a result, but... Um, you know, I don't. I don't see any seriousness on that side either in getting getting things going. So yeah, look. So there's a rumor afoot in the House right now that McCarthy's begun talks with Democrats about a deal for a consensus candidate. I don't know that the Democrats are willing to do that. We'll see if they are. the The primary reason they have been willing to do with it is because this is the Republican mess. They want them to own it. Um, at this point, some of the Republicans would rather conservatives be blamed than actually have a Republican speaker. One of the names floated is Fred Upton. I actually think it's a fantasy. Fred Upton was a member of Congress, very liberal Republican, who just uh, retired. And some of them are claiming he will come back. Uh, they, they will allow him to come back. I I don't know that this is going to happen. I think it's kind of a fantasy. I think uh, most institutionally, Republicans and Democrats alike, although technically the Speaker of the House could be someone who's not a current member of the House. It's never been done, and I don't think any of them want that to happen. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see where we actually go with this, with McCarthy now. By the way, he's lost a vote. Victoria Sparts of Indiana voted present. Uh, he was clearly caught off guard by it. Um, his reaction to it, almost standing out of his chair and turning around to look at her. Um, and I look, he's not going to be speaker. You can have a speaker by 5 p.m. today if you get rid of Kevin McCarthy. That's kind of the bottom line here. Uh, a consensus candidate or not, you could get a speaker by 5 if Kevin McCarthy stands down. Well, The Hill, not exactly a reliable source, but The Hill is reporting that Kevin McCarthy has begun talks with Democrats about a consensus candidate for speaker. Uh, however, other Republicans are now on the floor of the House talking with Chip Roy and with Matt Gates about uh, finding someone else, which is intriguing in and of itself. Um We'll see where this heads. I, I, I just, I don't think that the um, Democrats are thus far willing to help the Republicans advance the ball. Now, uh, we got other stuff to talk about, but I, I got to say something uh, real quick uh, to address. A couple of emails have gone from more than one person. And so... I, I, I was admonished. Uh, so you should know I have a new call screener effective today. His name is Low T. Chuck. He used to work for Mark Aram, and he came over to help Charlie and me uh, with the show. So you can be sure to say hi to Low T when you call the program. <laughs> I really am a horrible boss sometimes. Uh, but nonetheless, I digress. He probably missed that because he's talking to a caller right now. Um, 
so I, I've gotten some phone calls and I've, I've gotten an email from a couple of different people and they all kind of say the same thing. Um, the strain of the email, demographically, it is from older listeners. And it is, why don't you just focus on attacking the Democrats? Newt Gingrich says Kevin McCarthy's fine. Surely he's fine. Newt Gingrich is a relic of the House at this point. Uh, he's so old, uh, the establishment just sticks their arm up his backside, moves his lips, and he says whatever he wants to them to say or what have you. Never been a big Newt fan. Um, but I will tell you, uh, one, you don't have to listen. But two, and this is more important, is I'm not here to just take on the Democrats because the Democrats aren't just the problem. And I know there are people who get into partisan tribalism and think, well, the Democrats are the enemy. The Democrats did not get us to $32 trillion in national debt. The Republicans did too. No one wants to hold their own side accountable. They move on. What's the Democrats, the wokes, the, 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 the left, they're the bad ones. Leave Kevin McCarthy alone. Let, let him get his votes. This is, this is nonsense. He's the guy. It's his turn. Kevin McCarthy helped the Democrats bankrupt the country. Kevin McCarthy helped the Democrats get to this point. He and other Republicans, the Republicans do not deserve a pass. The Republicans do not deserve a pass. You do not get to this nation's bankruptcy with just the Democrats. For a very long time, it was the Republicans in charge of the House, the Senate, and the White House. Two years under Donald Trump, multiple years under George W. Bush. During the Iraq War and Afghanistan, the Republicans in Washington, D.C. ran everything until 2006, and they would use their domestic spending to bust the budget. The war was always paid for. This is the thing members of the media always ignored. The war was always paid for. They always funded the war. We did not explode the debt and the deficit to pay for the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. We paid for massive discretionary spending domestically for Medicare Part D and, and uh, No Child Left Behind and the like with the budget caps. We blew through the budget caps for domestic spending and it was Republicans in charge of everything and you don't want me to talk about the Republicans and the bad they've done? Who the hell's going to hold them accountable? Nobody watches CNN or MSNBC. And Fox News toes the party line. You can tell there's a reversion to the mean right now by Fox News grandstanding for Kevin McCarthy, not because Trump wanted it, but because Kevin McCarthy is the establishment. Who holds the Republicans accountable if we don't? Because if you're a conservative, if you're a Republican, you're not listening to MSNBC. You're not reading the New York Times. My gosh, I have to read that trash just for you guys to figure out what's going on in the world. And if we can't hold our own side accountable, the voters will ultimately hold us accountable. Kevin McCarthy was part of the problem. And I'm sorry, if you've listened to me forever, this is now my 12th year on radio. If you listen to me at all in these 12 years, I have always been equal opportunity. Both sides have problems and both sides are worthy of being called out. 
you don't get to the problems we have as a nation with just the Democrats. You don't. It was the Republicans in the Senate who just collaborated with the Democrats to pass a gay marriage provision that did not have protections for religious institutions. It was the Republicans who collaborated with the Democrats, including Kevin McCarthy, to get a massive omnibus spending bill to keep funding the government. It was the Republicans, when Donald Trump was in charge, who did massive spending appropriations bills, who got us to $30 trillion in debt. That $30 trillion in national debt happened with Donald Trump and the Republicans overseeing things. And it's going to be your grandkids and your great-grandkids in China paying for all of it. And you don't want me to talk about it? You don't want me to tell you guys the truth? You want to be entertained, and your entertainment is is to go after the left and the wokes and the Democrats. Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not just gonna throw red meat in the water. I, I despise the idea that I should just throw chum in the water so you can circle like sharks and yeah, we can all hate those those jerks. Sometimes the problem is within our own side. Sometimes it's your house who has the leak in the roof. That's just the reality of it. I don't like any of them. That, that's my dirty little secret. You, you want to know my, my little secret for, for the advance of, of how I see the world? I don't like any of them. I don't like the Republicans. I don't like the Democrats. I don't feel like I got a party anymore. I feel like I'm a conservative. I have convictions. I've got conscience. I've got principles. I've got ideals. And the Republican leaders and the Democratic leaders, they violated all those things. Donald Trump, too. Donald Trump backing Kevin McCarthy, it makes sense. Kevin McCarthy's going to lose. Everybody Donald Trump backs these days loses. I'm a conservative. I'm going to call out the Republicans. I'm going to call out the Democrats who do things I don't think they should do. And that may aggravate some of you. Feel free to email me. I know how to put you in the spam filter and not have to read your emails anymore. But the bottom line is this. There is an entire institution in this country in the media on the right and the left that props up the establishments of both parties. Fox News props up the establishment of the Republican Party. If you listened to a a certain person on Fox News last night after Tucker Carlson, you would have thought that Kevin McCarthy himself had written the opening monologue. Probably did. The networks like the establishments because the establishments are predictable and the establishments allow a very partisan bifurcation of coverage. Republicans say this, Democrats say this. What about the conservatives? They don't care about the conservatives. You're always supposed to fall in line. They never ask the progressives to fall in line. But they ask the conservatives all the time, fall in line, you kamikaze, you terrorist, you Taliban. You're going to shoot the hostages. Maybe the hostages need to be shot. If the hostages are big government, maybe conservatives need to play for keeps. Maybe we need to go for broke. You know the last time conservatives went for broke, you know what we got? Actual real, real real-time meaningful cuts in the budget 
Sequestration was not cuts in future growth of government. Sequestration was cuts in the actual, current, real-time growth in government. It was a meaningful, meaningful cut in government. And when the conservatives did that, the Republicans, including Kevin McCarthy, said, you guys are the Taliban. You guys are the terrorists. The only people in, 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 out there in the media who had the back of the conservatives were people like Rush Limbaugh and me. Glenn Beck, Mark Levin at the time. Calling out the Republicans for not standing with the conservatives to get real, meaningful, current cuts in government. Fox News attacked them. The Wall Street Journal editorial page attacked them. The Washington Times attacked them. Some of the talk radio talking heads out there attacked them. CNN attacked them. MSNBC attacked them. Their local media attacked them. There were very few conservatives willing to have their back, and they won, and they got real cuts in government, and it was a beautiful thing. It saved us and kept us from getting through the $30 trillion that once Trump and the GOP were in charge, they decided to get. Yeah, I'm going to hold everybody accountable. It's what I do. It's what you should do. If we don't do it, the problem's only going to fester. The problem's only going to get worse. And we got a lot of problems as a country. We've got spiritual problems, cultural problems. We've got social problems. And we got a big fiscal problem on our hands. And that fiscal problem is a bipartisan problem. And when you have all of the establishment press out there from the New York Times to Fox News all lining up against the conservatives and attacking the conservatives, when it's the conservatives who are the only ones saying, hey, we've got to do something to cull the spending. Somebody's got to stand up and do something. You may have no stomach for it. You may think, well, no, I only want to talk about the left. If you only want to talk about the left, you're not really actually paying attention to the problems that exist in this country. They are a problem. Their ideas, I think, are bad. I don't think they're the enemy. Very few people in this country do I think are real enemies. It is so easy these days to present the other side as the enemy. It's what so many people in talk radio do, and it's just, oh, they're the enemy, they're the enemy, they're the enemy. Well, when you decide they're the enemy, you decide your your side is the good guys. Republican leaders, they're not the good guys in this. They're not enemies. Some of these progressives, yeah, I I think they want to deeply destroy the United States, but most of them, they just have a different way of doing things, and they think it's for the good. I think it's for the bad. I think it causes the ruination of this country. They don't see it. They think, oh, we're elevating people out of poverty by giving them money. No, I think you're making them dependent on a state that doesn't have the money to keep them dependent. And we should be encouraging the free market. We should be discouraging the disruption of monopolies. We should be discouraging uh, the, the big businesses from going after small businesses. We should be encouraging small businesses to take on the Goliaths of business and bring them down and the creative destruction of the marketplace. We should be encouraging free markets. We should be encouraging free peoples. We should be encouraging small government. We should be encouraging innovation and education. We should be doing all of these things. But the establishment of both parties is opposed to all of that is the establishment of both parties in Washington, D.C. that doesn't like this level of innovation, that doesn't like freeing up the people of this country to be able to take charge of things. Both parties, both establishments want you dependent on them. And somebody's got to call them out on it. You should not have to live your life worried that there is no Speaker of the House or that the government's going to shut down tomorrow, or that your school funding may be dependent on whether or not you'll allow boys and girls' bathrooms. And the only way to do that 
is to shrink the federal government and make it less vital to your life on a daily basis. And the only way to do that is to call out the Republicans as well as the Democrats who are collaborators with the Democrats on making you dependent on a federal government where they can reward their friends and punish their enemies as opposed to leaving us all the hell alone. One of the great groups I've partnered with out there who believes in free markets, free people, and small government, and helping conservatives is Patriot Mobile. You take your cell phone business to them, you're getting guaranteed great service on the same cell towers everyone else uses, but also, importantly, you are taking your business to a company that uses its profits to fund the causes you care about. At Patriot Mobile, they take a portion of their profits and they fund the conservative movement, the small government movement, the Second Amendment movement, the pro-life movement, conservative causes around the country. One of the things they've started doing is finding conservatives to run for local school boards around the country. They've thus far 11 out of 11 races they won. They funded those races. They beat the wokes with conservatives at school boards. And they do it all because you have taken your business to them. It's very easy. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or you can call them 972-PATRIOT. They have 100% uh, U.S.-based customer service. You're using the same cell towers everyone else using. You're probably taking your existing phone number to them. You can get a new phone number from them if you want, but you can take your existing phone number. And you do business with a company that shares your values and your convictions that funds the causes you care about, gives you great discounts. If you're a veteran, a first responder, a teacher, an NRA member, they can give you some great discounts. If you're a family with multiple phone lines for your kids, Patriot Mobile can help you. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan in Noonan, Georgia. They can help you nationwide. Doesn't matter where you are. Uh, you go to firstlibertyga.com. You spend 10 minutes with them, see if they're a good fit for you. You're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, expanding a franchise. They want to help you. $750,000 or more deals. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Okay, uh, we got a whole lot of other stuff we got to talk about, including the crime wave. But I, I got to play you this audio. Um, Dan Orlovsky, a football player. Uh, there were a whole lot of people on that field the other night when DeMar Hamlin was in prayer or was injured. Uh, we know now from his family, his heart stopped on the field. He was resuscitated. Heart stopped again at the hospital. Uh, was resuscitated again. He remains in critical condition. Uh, the game between the Bengals and um, the Bills will not be played this week. Dan uh, Orlovsky was on the NFL Network with ESPN, and I just want to play you this. Now that I've built it up, let's see. Can I get the audio here, please? You gave me everything. You know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm -hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like, thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say, like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. 
We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 Just remarkable to see that on national television, particularly uh, ESPN, which has become very progressive. And that was technically the NFL network, but it aired on ESPN. And um, good for him. And also, seriously, prayers for DeMar Hamlin. He remains in critical condition in a hospital. And his family is with him. We know his heart stopped multiple times. Um, it is amazing to me watching people argue over whether or not the vaccine played a role that does not appear to be the case. It appears it was the blow to his chest and the tackle that caused this, uh, not according to quacks, but according to the doctors who have actually uh, been treating him. And hopefully he will make a full recovery. Uh, we will see. When we come back, uh, the military has a real problem. The consolidation of the defense industry is slowing down the progress on weapons development, and it's not just them having the problem.